I am more encouraged than ever before, even as I look around and see things that seem to be slipping. I'm more encouraged than ever before. And I want to just, I want to, I'm not going to do my whole message this morning, but I think the first part will pertain to to what we're talking about. Now that I've looked at it, you know, uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians uh, and trying to get through it. And I hope you've uh, really been hopefully reading along with it so that it could be reinforced in your heart and mind and spirit. Uh, It's a powerful book, one of the more powerful books in the New Testament, one of Paul's greatest writings, if most people would agree and say. And uh, and so now we're in chapter 5. And, uh, and so if we're going to have these up on the screen, I want to read through chapter 5 from verse 21 to 33. That was going to be our text, and then we're just going to come back and talk about the first part of it just for a few moments um, uh, today, and, and then we'll uh, finish it up uh, next week. So great. Thank you, guys. Um, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, verses 21 to 33. So I want you to follow along with me, if you would, uh, as we read this and let the word uh, touch our, our minds. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so first he's submit to one another, then he's now addressing the wives to submit uh, to their husbands, and then now he's taking it further. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now I, I, when I, when I was studying this, I'm wondering what's God throwing marriage talk in the middle of maybe one of the most important books in the New Testament. But I, I believe He's wanting us to see something here that's very important, and we'll find that it won't just only be important for our marriages, but also for what He's doing on the earth as we copy Him and and the marriage that He's approaching. Okay, it's it's more about Him. He's not necessarily wanting to uh, say, I'm going to follow your marriage. How many are glad about that? Uh, But he's saying, I want you to follow mine. And if you'll follow mine with yours, you'll find the same results. It'll be awesome. It'll be totally uh, amazing. And so he's taking us now. uh, so, So also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Just as Christ does the church. Wow, that's so awesome. 
because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he goes on to say in verse 32, this mystery is profound. (laughs) And he is so right. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So Father, right now I pray that your word would just come alive to us. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would quicken us. I pray that, Lord, what we uh, speak on today will touch our hearts and minds and lives. God, we thank you for your word. It is spirit and it's truth. So let it penetrate today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So now Paul lays out uh, for us a picture of a great marriage. He's saying, this is how a great marriage will actually work. And I'm, I'm surprised at how much of, a, of, of an attack or how, how much of a, uh, just things seem to be coming against actually marriages themselves. It's just everywhere you turn, you know, from the very uh, changing of, you know, who should be married to who, and, and, uh, and all of these transitions that are taking place around us, uh, you know, sometimes we just have to stop and see what this, this affront is all about. And it's about tearing apart marriages, and it's putting stresses on marriages. And I would say most of us would probably have experienced or are experiencing pressures in marriage simply because of the culture and its beliefs about marriage now. And so it starts invading us. That's what Paul said, and that's why we're talking about this this week and next week. He says, don't let the world be... Uh, uh, don't, it's a don't let the world conform you into its image. In other words, as the world becomes darker and darker, it's because this mold of the world is closing in around the earth. And that's why he says to us, be careful. Be careful. And he's going to paint it for us here pretty clear. He says, be careful with what's influencing you because you will begin to respond according to that influence. And, and, and so this is what he's saying, be careful for this. And so what we're, we're going to look at, not today, but we're going to start today, is we're going to look at the power in marriage through these set of scriptures. We're going to look at the priority in marriage, and then we're going to look at the picture of marriage through these uh, several passages this week and next. And I believe they're going to be beneficial for us, again, not only natural, but hopefully to prepare us for what God is preparing his church for. Uh, he's coming back. <laughs> he's coming back. He's really coming back, believe me. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, as we read it, it says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Well, this is simply what could be called a hinge verse. In other words, he's saying, what I'm about to say is impossible for you to do unless you understand what I just said. So this I'm going to ask you to do, but I'm going to prep you with this. And so we're going to go back now and read what he has prepped us with so that we can do what he's about to say. And you just heard what I just read. Wives, obey your husbands. 
uh, submit to your husbands, and husbands, love your wives. Well, how many know that's more of a challenge? Easier said than done, right? Come on, I know you're all sitting there not wanting to say certain things, but this is a reality. We're going to put it on the table. It's easier said than done, believe me. I've been married 37 years, and, uh, and I find that it's still a little bit easier said than done. And I have a great wife. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, submitting to one another in the reverence of God. So what we're going to do now, let's go back and look at this hinge section of verses that he wants us to understand before he started springing this on us. Okay, because I'm just telling you, that's one of the verses that, uh, you know, that gets thrown around and wrongly used all the time. You know, wife, just submit to me. And then the wife will turn around and say, well, why don't you just love me? And, and, and it's just, a, it, it creates this thing. But if we can step back with what he's saying here and see what he's saying, I believe he wants to empower us in our marriage. So Ephesians chapter 5, let's step back to verses 15 to 18. Listen to what he's saying. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because this will ruin your life. Instead, be what? Will you say it with me? Be. Let's just say it one more time in a little bit more harmony here. (laughs) Instead, let's be. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just just something that the body of Christ is, uh, 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 in a large portion, still struggles with understanding. We we, we just want to stick with Jesus. I just, Jesus, just Jesus. When when the Bible clearly says that Jesus is seated next to the Father in in heaven, right? I I need a little bit stronger agreement. Because when I say this about Jesus, you could get mad at me. But I'm not saying anything wrong about Jesus. I'm just saying he's seated in heavenly places. But the Holy Spirit was sent to earth to live in you and connect with you. And to do what? He he said it in Acts chapter 1. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to empower you with the Spirit. And so it's important for me to to, to really get a hold of... What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Is it just a one-time thing, and maybe I'll jabber in tongues, maybe I won't, uh, and then it's over? Or is it something that it should be a continual uh, relationship between me and God through the Holy Spirit? So, so what, 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 what's the key that he's saying here for that next portion of verse is that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and actually, one, one of our big challenges in life, the challenge that we have as men and women, uh, man and woman, it, it's when we come together and try to get a relationship to work without the power of God in our life. And it's what we try to do. We, say, we can do this thing. We can make this work. But yet Paul's urging us. He knows what he's about to write. He's urging us. You need to be filled with the Spirit. And of all the people that would know that, I think Paul would. 
Paul had a challenging life. He went through many circumstances, and even in the middle of a very dungeonous prison, what were his words to us through the Philippian, uh, to the Philippian church? I want you to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. He's, why is that? Because Paul was filled with the Spirit. It wasn't just a term to him. It wasn't a Bible verse. It wasn't a one-time experience. He learned to walk in what's called the fullness of the Spirit. And he begins to now to take us there. And when we are filled with the Spirit in regards to relationships, what happens? Well, number one, I'm not trying to find my identity through you. Number two, I'm not really trying to get my happiness from you. You're not the one that I'm trying to get my self-worth from. I'm getting it completely from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he is my identity, right? He is who I am. But what are many struggles and challenges, even in marriages? Aren't they about that? What about me? Who am I? You're treating me wrong. You're not obeying. You're not loving. You know, we, 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 why do we not do those things? Oftentimes it really is because we have this kind of hook of self-interest that's very hard to cut the line to. We try, but we still have it. It's a hook of self-interest <clears throat> that we carry. I remember hearing a story so many years ago, I can't believe I still remember it. Uh, a guy, a radio station, a Christian radio station offered a prime hour spot for any pastor to use uh, to speak on anything he wanted to speak on. The only thing he couldn't do was give his church address and, you know, advertise his church through it. And this is the prime hour and nobody took him up on it. It's the, the hook of self-interest goes pretty deep sometimes. And I think we would all really agree with that if we, if we, if we were to be totally transparent. We'd say, yeah, uh, I can probably name a number of problems and arguments and so forth that I've had all out of selfishness, right? Come on, I need some feedback here. I'm going to just feel like I'm only the, the only bad husband. It's that selfishness, I'm, or I'm trying to get my self-worth from you, or my identity addressed, or something. I'm, I'm after something, and Paul comes now to address that, and he says, here's what we really need. He says, I, you need to be filled with the Spirit. So the power for marriage, this first point, is not that I'm trying to get my identity, my purpose, my acceptance from a relationship because I have already have that in Christ. And now I'm, come, I, I'm coming to you, my, my spouse and my wife, my husband, I'm coming with an open and a transparent heart because I'm not trying to get something from her. Now, this goes so deep sometimes, I, I don't know that I would say, oh, yeah, I'm intentionally doing that. But can anybody here recognize with me at times that you have just tried to get your own needs met in your marriage relationship? Would you raise your hand if you're married? If you're not, don't. Don't make them raise their hand? Okay, would you lift your foot, please? Okay, I'll tell you what. Scratch your left ear. You know what I'm saying? But you do. You, we, we operate in selfishness. I don't want to do that. Why? Because I don't want to do that. 
Why? Because I don't want to do that. That should be enough in my mind. And, and, and we, we operate like that. Well, guess what? Can I just tell you that is not being filled with the Holy Spirit. And how many of us would, 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 would agree with this statement that satisfaction in life ultimately comes from Christ? Okay. Will you raise your hand if you believe that? <laughs> I got to get some hands going here. You know, that, that, now, okay, so, so we say that, and I believe you, because I, I think most of you aren't liars. Okay, I believe you. But the reality is, is am I really able to live that out? If, if, I, if I did, I guarantee I'd have many fewer arguments with Patricia. I mean, would we have three last year? <laughs> I mean, we would just cut it down. If I had all of my needs met from Christ, and guess what? That's what he wants for you. And we'll sit here and we will agree, and I agree too, so I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm, 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 I'm in this boat with you guys. But we will say that sometimes. Yes, all my satisfaction comes from Christ. Well, let me just say this. The next time something comes up, just take a peek and see if that's really happening at that moment. Next time you have a relational issue, just stop and say, am I approaching this with my satisfaction full of Christ and I'm, I'm approaching it the right way and happy? Or am I mad about it, angry about it, you know, out for revenge, whatever you do? Okay, you do you. <laughs> How am I handling a situation will tell me whether I'm really fulfilled in Christ and full of the Spirit versus full of myself or how much of myself that I have ruling me at that moment. I know it sounds simple and almost ridiculous that you could get by with never having another argument in your marriage, but doesn't that just sound glorious <laughs> just to pretend for a moment? <laughs> But the reality is, is the more that I'm filled with the Spirit, the less I'm apt to do the wrong thing. Why? Because he said, I want you to be wise. I don't want you to be unwise. I want you to be wise. And when I'm filled with the Spirit, guess what? His wisdom is coming to me. Now all I have to do is to yield to that wisdom, correct? <clears throat> I think God helps us. I said last week, God speaks to us more than what we realize on a daily basis, it's just that we're just listening to so much other stuff that we're not really focusing on what he's saying. I think it's the same in our marriages. God speaks to us a lot about our marriages, but we just quit listening, or we just don't agree, or we argue with him. But if I'm filled with the Spirit, I'll begin to change that, and it'll change the trajectory of my whole marriage. Because ultimately, my joy needs to come from him. If I'm trying to get my identity, okay, this is going to hurt. <laughs> if I'm trying to get my identity and my self-worth and my happiness and my joy from a person, it's actually idolatry. Because he wants to be your all in all. And isn't the problem with marriage oftentimes two broken people coming together, right? And expecting to be one good whole. <laughs> we have this hope, this anticipation, you know? But that just doesn't work that way, does it? 
It hasn't for me. I mean, one broken and one not. It still didn't work. <clears throat> She's not broken. Believe me. On a nice drive home. But you know what I'm saying. It's just like we, we expect two broken people to come together, and that's where the friction often is. But now, if we both turn to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is anybody happy when they're filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm just happy when I'm really full of the Holy Spirit. I'm just happy. I'm not going to cause trouble with anybody. Do what you want to do. Slap my face. Step on my foot. Do whatever. It doesn't matter. But when I'm not, watch out. And that's how most of us are. That's how we operate. We're just not there. And so when we come together, like Paul's about to say, it's a problem. And we're going to fight over this thing instead of maybe saying, God, I, I, I am so filled with you. Uh, this, if this is what you say, I'm doing it. I ain't doing it for any other reason other than to be obedient to you. And the scripture actually says that obedience is better than sacrifice. So I have to make sure that my satisfaction is really coming from Christ. And, and, and Paul knew this. He knew in order, because he actually says submit to one another, doesn't he? Before he jumps into the next, he says submit to one another. So Paul knows he's got to prepare this married couple. It was probably marital counsel that he was going through. And, 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 and he knew he had to prepare them and, and, and so that they could submit to one another. So I believe that the power and the secret for our marriages is that we would learn how to truly be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, I, what I'm not saying is that, uh, that we shouldn't help each other. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just trying to bring out what the Apostle Paul is bringing out for your marriage. He's saying, listen, if you will really learn how to be filled with the Spirit, you're going to uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, you're going to rejoice. And there's just a difference that when you're filled with the Spirit versus when you're not to what your responses are. How many would agree with that? You know, and that's why sometimes you get really tired and you get a hard, you have a hard day, you get really tired, and the next thing you know, you're short with somebody. You're, you're mad at somebody, and here you are, a believer, and you're just really mad at somebody. I assure you, you weren't filled with the Spirit at that moment. I assure you. I want to just finish there. And we'll, we'll jump into the priorities in marriage uh, next week uh, and, and talk about, you know, wives obeying their husbands and, uh, and so forth. But I want to stop there, and, and I just want to just make a, just a challenge to you in terms of uh, learning to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean to you and I? How do I get filled with the Spirit? And I, I, I think, you know, part of it for you will happen as you learn to, uh, just one part, I just want to give one part because I think that's what the Spirit was trying to get our attention today, is when we step into a worship setting together as a family that we really put everything into it 
and we allow to get ourselves to get learn how to get past the script to God's heart. Because in our marriages, we need to get past the script and into each other's heart. Correct? And that's that, that, that is the challenge. How do we get there? How do we get away from just the mundane, okay, we're going to learn how to walk around so we don't cause any problems today. We're going to have a happy marriage because we're not going to bring this up or that up. We're going to, you know, we're going to get around that one, you know. No, he wants us to go much further than that because that's what he's doing for you and I, right? He's doing that for you and I right now to do what? To woo you in as a lover. And as a friend. So let me just pray for you. We don't have time to go into how to do that yet. But if you're questioning that, you need to find somebody that can help you. There's a lot of people here that can help you learn how to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, Matter of fact, we're going to be starting some small groups that will be able to help you with that as you build relationships. So let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for your truth. I pray as we begin to move toward this whole arena of marriage and relationships that the Holy Spirit would begin to convict and speak to each one of our hearts according to your word, according to your truth. God, you meant marriage to be so much more than what it is. That was your heart. That's what you're demonstrating to us. You demonstrate... Uh, a good marriage relationship every day to us. And God, we want to learn from you on how we can now learn to operate in that and that our relationships can begin to change. And I, I pray for marriages here at Hope Alive, for all of our marriages, that, Lord, we would allow you to take us to a new level with them and where maybe they've become mundane or maybe just, uh, <clears throat> just an agreement to stay together, that that would change. And that something supernatural would begin to happen in all of our marriages, all of our relationships. And God, we, we look to you for this. So speak to us this week and make us ready even for the coming week. In Jesus' name, amen.